0: Well, theaters are haunted for a few different reasons. One, theaters tend to be historic buildings, uh, so they tend to be older. Uh, they tend to be places of great emotion—some um, real, some acted. But as most actors will tell you, just because it's being acted doesn't mean it doesn't feel real. <laughs> um, and ghosts, them, you know, actors themselves are highly theatrical people. So why would we stop being that in death?
1: episode of Holly Weird Paranormal, we break down our big interview and investigation at the East West Players Theater in downtown Los Angeles in the historical area of Little Tokyo into two parts. You'll sit down with us in part one to speak with Andy, the theater's director, to learn about the history and its ghost stories connected to this theater. We've said it once and we'll say it again. It seems like every theater has a theater ghost, but this theater definitely has more than one. So who or what is haunting the East West Players Theater? Well, you're going to have to tune in to find out and find out if Bryce actually survives the entire investigation. I mean, you'd be surprised. I was. So, you know the drill, guys. Grab your salientite. Sprinkle that circle of salt around you. And since we're five minutes to curtain, maybe take this time to practice on some diction exercises and maybe do some dragon's breath. Because we're definitely gonna get on the stage to summon the spirits of the East West Players Theater. So let's get Holly Weird at the East West Players Theater in Little Tokyo, Los Angeles.
2: From Omaha, Nebraska, the capital city of the historic haunted heartland, my name is Brian Corey, and I invite you to listen to my show, The Necronomicast. Every episode, it is my pleasure to bring you the finest in creepy conversations with filmmakers, actors, television personalities and authors, musicians, scientists, and highly sought-after experts where we explore the mysteries of the paranormal, true crime, and all subjects that inspire what we see in the darkened theater. So sit back, relax, dim the lights as we journey together to a place where monsters dwell, where spirits walk among the living, and darkness shapes our imaginations. Available everywhere you go for podcast entertainment, join me for every episode of Necronomicast, where I bring you the horror of Hollywood and beyond.
1: theater has a ghost just like almost every street corner in the city of los angeles has a story to tell you and in a lot of those times those stories can be a ghost story and one of them actually takes place in a historical and spiritual yet cultural part in downtown los angeles known as little tokyo which found its humbled beginnings north side of east first street between central avenue and san pedro street You can literally witness the timeline of this area just by starting out at the Queen Hotel, which opened in 1890. And it's one of the most recognizable features of East First Street. There's a neon sign glowing with the words Chop Suey that was the site of the Far East Cafe, which opened in 1935 and quickly became the informal center of the Japanese American community. Walk a little further down and you'll definitely hit up a really delicious ramen shop called Daikukuya and then grab some amazing mochi at the Fugetsu Do Bakery shop, which actually opened in 1903. You can literally taste the history there. Now, Bryce has mentioned this time and time again in past episodes where you could literally peel back a layer in a lot of these areas in Los Angeles, and each layer can literally tell you a story. And a lot of times these stories can be ghost stories. And a slew of them lie further up north down East First Street in a little theater known as the East West Players Theater. Now, before we get to learn more about the theater, we must learn about the East West Players. They're an Asian American theater organization based out of Los Angeles that was founded in 1965. And it's the nation's first professional Asian American theater organization. It was established by Maku Aramatsu, Ray Creevy, Bialu Kuo, soon tek James Hung, Pat Lee, June Kim, and so many more, and I'm so sorry if I butchered any of their names. But it is known for its educational programs and, of course, its most notable alumni. For example, Danny Glover, Lucy Liu, and Sandra Oh, just, just to name a few. Now let's get to learn a little bit about the building itself. Just the cliff notes. You see, the East West Players Theater was originally the First Union Church, and it combined the home of three Japanese American congregations, which was completed in 1923. According to the East West Players website, with the onset of World War II, it was actually in front of this building that residents of the district joined the residents of Terminal Island, whose community had been raised 48 hours after the attack on Pearl Harbor. Residents lined up with a single suitcase allowance, awaiting transportation to join close to 10,000 people sent to the war relocation center in Manzanar in 1942. Most of those transported to the internment camps lost all of their property and were unable to return to living in their old community after the war, scattering the population throughout the city. And that's just one story, one layer that lies within this area. Soon after, the building would soon transition to a community center for African Americans arriving from the Deep South in search of work. And eventually, Little Tokyo became Bronzeville and was home to crowded conditions such as breakfast clubs, which were jazz clubs that were known to stay open until dawn. Then we hit 1943 and part of the Zutsu riots spread into this area. At the close end of 1945, the Japanese Americans gradually began reestablishing a community center where Little Tokyo remains a very diverse part of central Los Angeles. And then the building located on John Aso Street was damaged in the 1994 Northridge earthquake, leaving it unusable. The Little Tokyo Service Center Community Development Corporation completed a multi-million dollar renovation of the building in 1998 to house three arts organizations. The East West Players Theater, Visual Communications, and LA Art Core. Not to mention, Hollywood did hit up this area in the 80s when John Carpenter came knocking on its door to shoot the exterior and part of the interior for the horror film, Prince of Darkness. No matter where you are in Los Angeles, you gotta have a touch of Hollywood. Even though the East West Players Theater is haunted by the ghost of its pasts, it seems that it's literally haunted by its own resident ghosts, and trust me. By the stories I've been told of this place, there's more than one. Now, before we proceed further into this episode, there's one question that many of us, including myself, have asked. Why are theaters haunted? But don't worry. I actually know someone really awesome who can answer this question for us, and that is Professor Kevin J Wetmore. He's a friend of mine and a coworker at Loyola Marymount University. He's a professor of theater arts and the director of the graduate program with areas of expertise in, what a coincidence, Japanese theater, African theater, Shakespeare, horror theater, Asian cinema, horror cinema, uh, Greek tragedy, stage combat and comedy. The list goes on and on. He has degrees from Bates College, the University of Leeds, and the University of Pittsburgh, where he completed his doctorate in theater and performance studies. He's also written two books, Post 911 Horror and American Cinema, which is a really good read, along with Back from the Dead. So, Professor Whitmore, why are theaters so haunted?
0: Well, theaters are haunted for a few different reasons. One, theaters tend to be historic buildings, Mm -hmm. uh, so they tend to be older. Uh, they tend to be places of great emotion, um, some real, some acted. But as most actors will tell you, just because it's being acted doesn't mean it doesn't feel real. <laughs> um, and ghosts, them, you know, actors themselves are highly theatrical people. So why would we stop being that in death? Uh, so I, I, there's also the idea, however, that um, I love the idea. We talk about the ghost light uh, that we have this light on in the theater, and it's obviously there for safety's sake, but it's also there because performers don't stop performing. And so there's this beautiful thing, I'd like to think, that uh, if we do go on, and I hope we do, um, that a theater, you know, the, the, that there is someone there. They're, they talk about, for example, the, the friendly ghost at Drury Lane, which is this uh, spirit that on opening night, like, helps people. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're not on your mark, you feel hands pushing you to where you're supposed to be, or an encouraging pat on the back, and people are like, you know, what the hell? Uh, <laughs> but it's, it's really about... Yeah, we're, as theater people, we we always help each other because we want the show to be great, and that doesn't end with death. So, there's also something about the theater itself. When you think about it, it's a dark room. Most of the time when you're performing, you go and you sit in the dark, and there's this one end of it that's all lit up. Uh, And so... You know, we, as Shakespeare says, it's horrible imaginings out there. You know, we're sitting and are going, what else out there in the dark? I don't know if you know this. The Stroob is allegedly haunted.
1: Yes. They're... We talked about this slightly here <laughs> on this. But no one has had, like, the full body apparition experience. There's one member here who felt weird in the costume shop and mm. had the feeling that he had to get up and leave out sure. of nowhere, which was Really weird, because he's like, that's never happened. And this one night, it happened. Mm.
0: Yeah, supposedly, allegedly, there is an old woman who sits in the back row, uh, who sort of at various times will, you'll look back and just see someone sitting there and be like, oh, is that someone's mom? Or is that, (laughs) you know, a new faculty member? And then you look back and they're not there anymore. And there's part of me that thinks, well... Given the history of the theater, it would probably be Virginia Barnell just here to make sure things are supposed to be okay. so mm-hmm. Or things are going well because she's, you know, the mother of the theaters department here. Um, I, my own weird spooky moment here uh, actually occurred up on the third floor. I, uh, <laughs> when, uh, And I've never told this story publicly before. I was here, it must have been in like 2007 or 2008. Uh, because the power went out on campus, and I was here at night after a rehearsal, and it was about 11 p.m., and the entire building, the entire campus just went dark because there was a windstorm, so winds were just blowing across the campus. Very gothic. And all the power (laughs) went out, and I didn't have a flashlight, but... I had a lightsaber in my office. So, I love this. And, and one I'll of those like, going. Expensive weird lights that, you know, <laughs> you turn it on, you get the full sound effect. So I'm like, I'm gonna get, find my way out of the building with a lightsaber. But I'm also gonna check to make sure there's no one else on this floor who doesn't have a light. You know, mm-hmm. the Boy Scout in me. So I turn on the lightsaber, I grab my briefcase, close my office door, and I start walking down the corridor right here, and I turn around this corner.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and uh, walk all the way to the end of it and then I turn I see as I'm walking I get about halfway down the corner and I see this young woman standing there um, and she had long hair hanging down in front of her face and this was back when we had the Pilates lab up here when dance was still in the building so I thought it was a young dancer because she was dressed in shorts and a t-shirt but I'm like it's winter it's windy but maybe she was in the Pilates lab and, oh, and wow. so I'm like hey do you need help and she doesn't answer she just turns and turns away and walks down because we're a big square here. She turns and walks down the corridor. So I boldly march forth with my lightsaber, turn the corner, and there's no one there. And the <gasps> stair door isn't closing, and I don't hear anything. And right. I go, okay, 99% likely this was just a student who got weirded out by, you know, the old scary man with the lightsaber mm-hmm. uh, coming to check on her in the dark. <laughs> so she might have just vanished and, try, you know, shut the door quickly and quietly so that, I, I, you know, the bad guy would go away. Um, but there's one small part of me that goes, I don't know. Right. I don't, I don't know what I saw, and I don't know what that was. Um, so if, if there is a ghost on this floor, uh, we cool, you know. And uh, if you're ever around when the, when the lights go out, you don't have to run away. Uh, I do have some questions, if you don't mind. Um,
1: Me too. <laughs> but, exactly.
0: So, uh, you know, the, the theater itself just is a place of excitement, a place of life. Um, is also a place of life after death. And lastly, I think twofold, theater people are supernatural people. We don't say the name of the Scottish play in the building. Of course. You don't whistle. Uh, everyone has their own rituals. Um, with this generation, you know, they have the playlist that they listen to before they oh. perform. Mm-hmm. And, you, you know, the, the rituals must be observed. And so actors are a superstitious bunch. And I don't mean that pejoratively, because I'm one and I do it all too. <laughs> I have a playlist. So, because, uh, you know, I want to be cool like the kids. Um, but long story long story short, I think it's it's that superstition combined with the the fact that uh, quite simply a lot of performers because they're artists are also sensitive, and yes. so we tend to be more aware of the things that um, most of the muggles and I, I call people who don't do theater muggles because they have no magic in their lives. Um, <laughs> most of the muggles might not be able to to see your sense you know when an actor's on stage and in, in the moment, yeah, of course they might see Virginia in you know out in the audience there because. Uh, whether or not that's actually Virginia or their own projection, whatever the, the cause of it is, um, they're connecting to something larger than themselves in the space uh, as an actor. And that's a good thing.
1: So. That is. It's like we're conduits. Yes. and you know, a demanding Well, I talk
0: about um, how actors are mediums. And when you think about it, theater is a conversation with the dead. When I stand on stage and say, I have of late, but wherefore I know not, lost all my mirth, mm-hmm. I am speaking words that were written 422 years ago. The dead yes. are literally speaking through me. How cool is that? Every actor is a medium in a sense. You know, the, there's a wonderful book by Marvin Carlson called um, The Haunted Stage, in which he says, The theater is a memory machine that we put on these plays. Lope de Vega. Oh, I Lope, mi papi. Lope's really hot. If you don't know Lope, he's this um, Siglo de Oro playwright from Spain. Uh, Shakespeare wrote 40 plays, we have about 38. Lope de Vega wrote around 1,600 plays, and oh we my have 400. God. Yeah, he's amazing. And he wrote some of the greatest plays you'll ever read. Uh, and so you know and lope's writing literally at the same exact time as shakespeare he died in 1635. so when when we're putting lope on stage we're hearing this guy who wrote 400 years ago and he is speaking through me when you know i get on stage uh, because i've done training in japanese theater i get on stage and i perform plays but that were written by zayami in the 13th century you know someone 800 years old is speaking through me so every actor in that sense is a medium the dead speak through us and live again on the stage. And when we tell stories that are historically accurate, there really was a Hamlet, Amleth. He was, you know, a Viking man uh, who... The, the story that Shakespeare does comes from a source, uh, a monk named Saxo Grammaticus, who tells the story of Amleth the Mad Prince. Amleth's father uh, died or was killed. Amleth's uncle took over. And Vikings believe that um, mentally ill people, crazy people, have been touched by the gods, and you're not allowed to hurt them. Mm-hmm. So the second uh, the uncle becomes king, Amleth is like, I'm going crazy. I'm going to go full Mel Gibson (laughs) and so they're like well chain him up outside don't let him hurt anyone but leave him alone because he's been touched by Odin and eventually uh, Amleth is able to sort of convince other people my uncle's you know needs to go and he assassinates his own uncle and becomes a very good king and you can visit the grave of hamlet on this island off the coast of denmark which i think is really cool yeah Mm
1: -hmm. but
0: that's just it is now when we're on stage it's not just shakespeare speaking the dead we're also invoking amleth when we're on stage we are invoking the dead when we do hamilton for example that wonderful popular play you have the names of at least 32 people who really lived and really died and every night on Broadway and every night on tour and every kid who's listening to the soundtrack is invoking the spirits of Hercules Mulligan and John Adams and Washington and Angelica and Peggy, uh, (laughs) all of whom are real people. And, you know, there's a belief in some cultures that the way we keep the dead alive is by remembering them and by speaking their names and by paying homage to them. And what is theater doing if not that? So we are mediums who bring the dead back to life. We allow the dead to speak. Well, of course, if the dead can come back, they're going to go and hear themselves. They're like, well, let's go see what's going on in there because they're talking to the dead already. Right. It's a welcoming place. It's a happy place. And we have the best parties. So those are all (laughs) the reasons why, in my estimation, and this is just opinion, theaters are haunted. Now it's time to
3: set the
1: scene. It's about 8.30 at night, December 30th of 2022, and we're just a few days shy of 2023, so what a way to ring in the new year with a paranormal investigation. It's myself and Bryce waiting for Andy, the director, to allow us entrance, and entering stage right is our friend, medium and practicing Santera, Tanya Medicala, who's also an owner of Ashe Imports, and she's been on the podcast We invited her tonight to do a walkthrough and reading of the entire space. And what we truly love about Tanya is that she's no bullshit. She's the real deal. She wants to come in cold without knowing anything about the history of the place, its stories and people attached to the location, which we truly do respect and appreciate. Entering stage left is our friend, paranormal investigator, Matt Lytle, who was a big help and assistance for me. You see, I needed an extra pair of legs, hands, eyes and intuition, along with expertise, because I was busy trying to set up the equipment for recording our interview with Andy and the rest of the crew. And it was actually pretty perfect because I had a plan. I wanted to eliminate biases from both parties on Tanya and Matt's end. So I purposely put Matt on the opposite side of the theater away from Tanya. What I wanted was to prevent them from crossing paths and sharing certain information about certain floors or certain hotspots. What I wanted them to do was to keep their feelings and what they felt to themselves until the interview to see if what they felt in those certain areas correlated with the experiences that Andy was going to share of certain co-workers and volunteers of the theater, which definitely worked because later in the interview, they had a lot to say about what they felt in certain hot spots where a lot of these workers had certain experiences. All right, guys, it's five minutes to curtain and we definitely need to take our seats as we sit down with Andy and the crew to learn more about the history and the ghosts of the East West Players Theater in downtown Los Angeles, Little Tokyo. Okay, guys, so we've tried to work on our interfacing. <laughs> we have everything set up in this theater to do our interview with Andy, who's sitting here with us in a round table. We have here seated um, with us Mark, who is our is it sound director, right? Uh, music, director, uh, music director, yes. Tanya Mercado, our psychic medium, and of course our guest Um, for the podcast today is Matt Lytle. You guys have known him in the past for many interviews and investigations we've done, especially with Chasing Ghosts. So we're going to take it away um, real quickly with Andy, who runs the East-West Players, and we're sitting inside a very historical place, which, which is their theater. So Andy, thank you so much for speaking with us and allowing us to do an investigation here. Take it away with the history of this amazing building because you're giving us so much information. I'm like, wait, hold on, this is great. <laughs> this is all great. <laughs> but take it away. Sure.
4: Mm-hmm. Well, uh, so welcome to the Union Center for the Arts. Uh, mm-hmm. This is formerly the First Union Church. Uh, this is, of course, in historic Little Tokyo, which is one of the one of three remaining daily operating um, Japan towns in the nation. Um, and, and you know, this is this is after years and years of. Uh, various um, mass relocations that the Japanese-American Amer- community has experienced over the years. Um, but uh, as far as I know, um, this community goes back to the 1800s. Um, you know, there's actually even, like, the, the old family mart, which, as I understand, was actually an old stable back in, like, you know, I mean, you can imagine this this street as, like, you know, Old West and horses would get reshoed there and mm-hmm. now you can go there to get a soda and some bubble gum <laughs> but um, um, yeah uh, I mean yeah there's, there's also there's, there's businesses here that have been owned and run by the same family for over 100 years like Fugetsudo which is still the same mochi shop yes. there on First Street mm-hmm. um, and of course we're here uh, just off of First Street on Judge John Iso Street which is uh, the you know the First Union Church it's, it's a very recognizable building with the four columns um, this was the first Japanese American church built in the nation. And uh, as I understand it, there were three different congregations that were like kind of formed in people's garages, more or less, mm-hmm. or whatever the equivalent of a garage was in 1920. Um, um, and uh, they kind of came together and raised the money to build this church um, and have it be kind of a, a center for the community in, in Little Tokyo back in 1920. Um, and, uh, I believe they broke ground in 1922, uh, opened their doors in 1923. So we're kind of coming up on what will be the 100th anniversary of the building this coming March. Oh my gosh. It will also be the 25th anniversary since it's had its new second life as an arts center. Um, because, uh, yeah, we, East West Players, you know, is a a uh, 57 year old company that started off in, um. In Silver Lake, really, um, in
1: 1967, right? Uh,
4: 1965, uh, yeah, and uh, and uh, we uh, uh, so uh, uh, we had been operating, um, you know, in various uh, 99 seat houses um, up until um, the 1990s when, um, of course, the Northridge quake happens mm-hmm. and uh, the building uh, was condemned. But the community kind of rallied around it. You know, there were people who remembered being baptized here or getting married or, oh, or wow. you know, there was a gym downstairs. People remember the basketball gym that in, in what is now the visual communications office. And um, um, they, uh, they basically kind of rallied around the building, got a historical designation and were able to apply for FEMA money to have the building renovated and earthquake retrofit. And uh, so, yeah, so the, the building opened its doors to the public. Uh, there was a production of a, Pacific Overtures, which is a very storied production Mm -hmm. that has been remounted many times uh, in East-West history, but uh, that was in March of 1998. So it will be the 25th, 100th anniversary for this this building and its many lives.
1: Now, it was a church, and then you had mentioned before, after it was a church, that it was at one point a check-in center for we hate to bring this up as one of the best histories of Los Angeles, which wasn't the best and glamorous, but I mean, we had several internment camps here. Sure.
4: Well, I mean, you know, I mean, it's, 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 it is the history of little Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Right. And really kind of a testament to the endurance of this community. Right. And, um, this community's ability to adapt. Right. Um, so yeah, the, uh, I mean, this is kind of one of those things, whether you got it in school or not. Um, but, uh, Yeah, I mean, when Order 906, Executive Order 9066 came out, um, it was basically an order for all Japanese Americans to pack up a bag, only what you can carry, and we're sending you off to camp, uh, which is basically a completely unconstitutional incarceration. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, where they started with were any temples, any churches, any community centers, any place that community leadership might gather. And so, of course, you know, the army commandeered every temple, every church, you know, and uh, they kind of chose this building to uh, to kind of set up their offices Mm. so that they could um, basically run 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 the relocation. Right. So, you know, there are photos. If you go over to JANM, the Japanese American National Museum, you can find photos of people lined up outside of this building um, waiting to get tagged oh uh, before they were sent out on buses and then shipped off to uh to um, Santa Anita Racetrack, yep. which was their check-in spot, and just we're gonna put you in these horse stalls mm-hmm. until we figure out what to do with you before we uh we we build the, the internment camps in you know in Poston and mm-hmm. uh, you know Tule Lake and, and right et cetera et cetera.
1: Bryce, remember Pomona mm-hmm. Fairplex? Mm-hmm. How they had activity there too, too because it was a place where Japanese um, internment prisoners were held at one Mm. point, especially after they took them out of the camps. Mm. So that's pretty interesting, like how everything's just so interconnected here.
5: Truly, yeah.
1: Now after it was this check-in site, we are also brushed with the TB pandemic, which started in 1895 and lasted until 1957, Southern California being the Mecca of the sanatorium capital of the nation. (laughs) Because if you thought about it, everybody wanted to, and still comes here Mm -hmm. for the sunshine and now the sanatoriums, Um, how, was this place affected by the TB pandemic? And were there any, or at one point, was this a place where they held patients or treated them?
4: Um, I don't know that specifically. Mm -hmm. Um, What I have been told, uh, and what I've just done in my own personal research, Mm -hmm. is that, um, so after the Japanese Americans were moved out, and of course, all of little Tokyo is just empty. It's just a ghost town. But then you have this whole migration of African Americans who are migrating Mm-hmm. Um, for factory jobs for the war effort. And, of course, there are heavy miscegenation laws mm-hmm. that basically don't allow them to live anywhere else, and those laws do not apply to here.
1: So, <coughs> Red <We're> taping. <laughs> so, yeah. so,
4: so then you have uh, a huge concentration and a lot of overcrowding of African Americans who are living in all the tenements here in Little Tokyo. And uh, an organization called Pilgrim House sets up in this church, mm-hmm. uh, as I understand, doing a lot of kind of social service stuff, um, people who are new into town, helping them find place uh, or, or, or find you know um, you know tenement housing, um, you know maybe uh, possibly you know makeshift hospitals, mm. um, um, or, or even health check ins, maybe some daycare and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And um, Pilgrim House operated here pretty much until the end of the war, until about 1946, when the uh, Japanese American community starts coming back and going whoa, all these people are here, <laughs> uh, what do we do? And um, as I understand it, the, the Pilgrim House felt um, decided in and of itself that uh, this was not their building, wow. and uh, they basically said, we're going to move out, and they went and found another location over in Chinatown that they uh, they shared with a Filipino uh, community organization. Um, I don't know what the lo- the site was for that, but they moved out, and kind of granted the building back to the, um, the to the Union Church congregation mm-hmm. and uh, the this continued to be their base of operations until the 1950s when the city again took eminent domain over most of the land and called most of little Tokyo blight um, and uh, bulldozed you know I mean there's a the big parking lot you can see just yeah. behind the building this was all more tenement housing buildings storefronts. Um, in fact I think the old Rafu Shimpo, which is the still running the Japanese American community newspaper, mm. used to have their presses in their in their offices over there. But um, yeah, they uh, they bulldozed everything so they could put up the the old Parker Center police station, if you remember like Dragnet. Yeah uh, with, with the <laughs> with the loading dock side, the, the basically as we like to say, the ass side of the of, of the uh, the police station to this community. And it was kind of very symbolic. Of you know, or at least symbolic of how this community felt mm-hmm. and how the city kind of felt about this community um, that was now you know multiracial and you know uh, longstanding, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. So the, then the uh, this, this the building sat empty for a number of years. Um, you know, uh, we have talked to people who were. Um, involved in the filming of the John Carpenter film uh, Prince of Darkness, yes. which made this building somewhat famous to a lot of people. We still have horror fanatics who, you know, walk up and say, hey, can I, can I take my picture here?
2: Oh, <laughs> like,
1: well, Tanya holding up the DVD. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
4: going to do that when I leave. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, people remember this building uh, in the 1980s and, you know, some of the cast, you know, we've talked to Dennis Dunn and stuff, wow. and he says he remembers... Um, when they pulled up and it was like, it was all, you know, it was all homeless and it was just, yeah, it was, it was, it was, you know, skid row basically. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, But uh, they had to clear out some of the homeless people who were squatting in the building um, along with some of the vermin and chase away pigeons and stuff like that uh, before they filmed (laughs) and set up for for, for filming the the movie. But um, presumably those squatters were still here. You know, all the way up until 1990, was it 1994?
1: 94, yeah. 94
4: was the Northridge quake. Mm-hmm. Um, and at which point, you know, parts of the uh, the roof caved in. I mean, even if you look around the outside, you can kind of see, you know, chunks of brick, particularly around the corners. Oh my gosh. You can see, you know, ch- you know, they had the remason all of that. And um, yeah, as, as I was saying before, it was kind of the community kind of being very tenacious and saying, look, this is an opportunity for us to reclaim um, mm-hmm. space that had been taken from us. Um, so they uh, applied for that FEMA money and, you know, contacted East West Players and Visual Communications, which runs the Asian American uh, Film Festival uh, or uh, Los Angeles Asian Pacific Film Festival mm-hmm. um, um, that they, they have their offices downstairs as well as uh, L.A. Art Corps, which runs the, the art gallery in the, in the front lobby. Mm. And um, we've been here, yeah, for, for ever since. Ever
1: since. <laughs> okay, so now we have the history out of the way. Let's go. <laughs> Bryce, yeah, as, you, yeah. as you mentioned, too, I mean, what have you always said about the city of Los Angeles well, when it comes right. to hauntings and history?
6: And especially in a place like this, there's so much history. Literally, the building bears the scars of that history, emotional, physical, And you had said right before we started recording, like, the the history of L.A. is not as glamorous. Like, hearing that they were Mm -hmm. kicking out real homeless people to film. That is the most L.A. story (laughs) I have ever. Like, that's what they do every year for the Academy Awards. Like, we're still doing that. Like, they clean out Hollywood Boulevard. They put the red carpet down. It looks super glamorous as long Mm -hmm. as it doesn't rain. And then all of those people matriculate back in and go back to living their actual lives. But we, like, got our shot. So all of those things, it's just such a very, like, special, you can feel it when you're in the building. Like, that history breathes through Mm -hmm. to where we are now.
1: Exactly. Um, How I found out about this theater was through a mutual contact, Wes, Mm -hmm. who opened up this whole story about the theater with a ghost story. (laughs) and one of them is tied to your theater ghost because every theater
4: has one. Truly. Obviously. It's just me in the wings, but it's fine.
6: <laughs> I'm everywhere.
4: <laughs> well, you know, I mean, this is this is the thing, right? I mean, I, I, I would call myself a healthy skeptic, but I mm-hmm. but I also, I, I mean, I'm also wise enough to know that there are things that, that cannot be explained. Mm-hmm. I have met many people who believe things with a certain amount of conviction that like, I, I believe you, I believe you believe you've seen these things. Um, um and of course, you know, coming into this building and kind of inheriting this you know, I mean i I'm I'm coming up on my tenth anniversary. Wow. So Congratulations. So, so thank you. So mm-hmm. yeah, so February will mark ten years for me at East West Players. Uh oddly enough though, now Gosh. I'm 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 the old guy now. <laughs> and the keeper of the old. I can't
1: even commit to a pair of shoes that long.
4: Yeah. <laughs> right here, so. But uh yeah, so so um, that's the thing is that, you know, talking to a lot of people who have come through East-West, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, a lot of people who, I mean, have been my heroes, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the thing is the, the great thing about East-West players is so many people have cut their teeth here mm-hmm. yes. in times when there were no other places for... Asian-American actors to cut their teeth, mm-hmm. right? 100%. Um, you know, I mean, you can go down the list of, you know, John Cho, Daniel Day Kim. Um, mm-hmm. Lucy Liu apparently was an assistant director here. Sandra Oh was an understudy for... for yeah, Pink I saw Lichers.
1: all their pictures, all their headshots on the yeah. second level. That's amazing yeah. that this is where they got their start, that this was their, you know, this was their building, this was their place. Yeah. Um, now, starting here in this theater, what have people have felt... Who is the resident ghost? And when was the last time he said hello?
4: I kind of start with my whole skeptic spiel because I I just, you know, I I mean, I have to, you know, again, I worked in a lot of theaters in San Diego. Some of them had, you know, wacky stuff. It's like, oh, okay, so maybe there was an earthquake that day or, you know, or, or, okay, there's some bad wiring here. Um, When I came into this building, the first, like, year, I would say... um, (laughs) When I when I would go up to the like I would work late nights. It was like you know the job was much bigger than the job description. You know how right. this is. It's oh, a theater God, yeah. job. I started to notice like late nights after everyone else left but me, uh-huh. and it's just me in the building, and I'm trying to figure out what what this budget was or what that expense was. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah. and I and I'd walk up to the stairs to the second to the third floor um, dressing rooms, and. Turning down that hallway, always just like, hmm. you, you know, and, and 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 I keep and I keep like I would rationalize it. I like, okay, well, it's just it's just because like the lights aren't on, or it's like mm-hmm. it's because the exit sign is red. It just looks imposing, um, but it's like yeah, it was always consistent. I'd turn that corner and I just I really wouldn't want to look at the mirrors. Um, And that's, like, the most vivid it ever got. But, I mean, you know, and it was just an uneasy feeling. I laugh at myself. Then, (laughs) like, you know, I would say when we started having board game nights here on the stage. Hmm. And um, I remember, you know, I was setting some stuff up or I'm, like, putting out pizza or whatever. I'm trying to be a good host. And uh, one of my friends. Yeah.
1: I know. Seriously. "Ah,
6: Board
3: game
1: night. Is there a charcuterie board or not? (laughs) <laughs> I can we please? <laughs>
4: <That's> a, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I remember specifically my friend Paul, um, kind of coming up to me and going, "Hey, are you going to the bathroom anytime soon?" I'm like, "Oh no, I, I'm gonna, I'm trying to set up the pizza and stuff like that." I say, like, "Oh okay, Do you want to go to the bathroom wow. maybe?" And I'm like with with you uh (laughs) like well well, no no i mean it's fine it's just it just um i don't want to go up
2: there alone (laughs) and i was
4: like wait go up where and where specifically and why (gasps) and um well and then that was like the first thing that i i started to just kind of like wait a minute okay so it's not just me um, and there is a consistency to it. Right. I started asking other friends, and like, and then yeah, and then other friends would go, "Yeah, I don't like that hallway. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's weird." Um, as so, you are telling yeah. us
1: this, I am looking at our friend Matt, and his eyes just grew wide. I want to circle <laughs> here to Matt. Matt, um, you did a walkthrough as we were trying to struggle with our interfacing. Mm-hmm. What did you What did you feel in that specific location? That Andy was talking about.
7: Well, um, it's just nuts because that was the very first area that I was walking towards. But it was as soon as I looked down the hallway, it's like something turned my head and made me go up the stairs to the fourth floor. (laughs) You know what I mean? And I was on the fourth floor. I'm like, why didn't I go down that hallway? You know, usually you go down the first hallway you see, the first rooms you see. But something told me just to keep going up. Do not like turn your head and keep walking. So then I went back down. And then I walked down the hallway, I turned my head towards the third floor green room and all the mirrors, and I was like, this is going to be the most active room in this whole theater. And that was, again, that was the first area I went to in my walkthrough. So that's what I felt.
1: Damn, can't this is why up. I have you here. This is why. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I needed Nat to come. Yeah. Oh, and I can't wait to get Tanya's take on it. She was already receiving so many things. No. But so after... Those occurrences and those stories, what else happened? Well,
4: I just started asking around, mm-hmm. right? Um, and the more I started talking to folks, the more um, I, I just pick up, you know, there are a number of stories, um, you know, they're, they're even even just the general office, mm-hmm. like one day I was up in, when we used to have the administrative offices up on the, on the fourth floor, and um, I hear, you know, one of, someone says, oh, BO ghost is back. Like, apparently there is a BO ghost that has a particular odor uh, what? and, and, and he hangs out up on the fourth floor and he'll visit folks. But, um, <laughs> well, well, you know, and, and the thing is, the more you kind of, c- kind of collect things and you can kind of like start sorting them out into mm. stuff. Right. So biogos Ghost is probably, uh, also consistent with, um, what we call the caretaker, uh, or, you know, this is the, 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 um. Uh, so, so as we understand in the last days of this still being the church, there was an old man who had been the caretaker of this building, lived in the building for for much of its life. Um, Mr. Takahashi, you know, I, I, some of the folks from the historical museum still remember him chasing them out as they were playing in the <laughs> courtyard and stuff. Uh, this grumpy old Japanese man, you know, who would you know take care of the building and lived here, um, and um, you know, some a number of stories that I've heard of people kind of citing an old Japanese man kind of walking the ground sometimes. The other thing is that there are many stories of, you know, actors uh and other people who have uh spotted an old Japanese man sitting up there in the in the far house right rose.
1: Oh my god.
4: Uh, up up in the balcony.
1: While I was trying to deal with this interfacing, something kept on telling me that like to look up there. Mm. Like, I felt like I heard some commotion up there. Okay, thank you. (laughs) It was like, I don't know if you guys saw me, like, I kept on turning over here, and I was like, what is up there?
4: (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, I mean, and there's, like, the stories that that I have been told and I have used for when we do, like, haunted tours. Mm -hmm. Right, like, the classic one is... Uh, apparently a woman came in for auditions, uh, came up on stage, gave a bad audition, walked out to the monitor and complained, like, look, these are equity auditions. These are supposed to be closed. You're not supposed to lo- allow anyone to observe. And and uh, it just completely unnerved me. And they're like, miss, the only people who were there were the director and they were sitting at the table. And it's like, no, I saw an old Nisei man um, sitting up in the, in the balcony. And they walked up to the balcony. The door was locked and there was no one there. And she said, I swear to God, I saw this old Nisei man. Um, oh, wow! Um, there have been other ones where uh, you that's know a good, uh, that's a good way to blame. I'm going to use that. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is
6: an equity audition. It's not my fault. I cannot be how responsible. <laughs> that's great. What a genius! I love her. Um,
4: blame it on the coast. Yeah, I will.
6: <laughs> blame it on the coast. God knows it's not me. I mean, no. there are
4: plenty of audition halls in LA that are definitely sketchy. <laughs> I
1: <laughs> sketchy mean, <numbers>. yes. <laughs> You're a, I only hear facts. Um, you
4: keep that one. Um but yeah I mean there's other ones where I um some of the cast members from Joy Luck Club remember mm-hmm. the stage manager saying okay uh, it's a, it's a small house tonight they only sold the uh mm-hmm. the the orchestra level so you know there's no one in the balcony so you can save your voices a little bit mm-hmm. and they did the show and of course the cast all saw an old Nisei man up in in the balcony and a small child and 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 they're like you know, they went to the stage manager. How come you said that there was no one in on the balcony? We totally saw someone. And the the stage manager was wow. like, "No, no, the pretty sure they didn't sell any tickets, and then the doors were locked." Um, so that's a consistent one, wow. uh, right? So, so, uh, so yeah. So that's that's kind of the 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 stuff with Mr. Takahashi. You know, the bo stuff, the watching watching over us from the, from the balcony, and uh, and walking the grounds, and you know um
1: so i heard you also have some animal ghosts here apparently some animal ghosts yeah i was told um i think it was by Wes that some people have claimed to have seen either a cat or a dog roaming around the orchestra section yeah oh that's new to me i (laughs) hadn't heard that
4: one that's that or maybe
1: it could be like you know alley cats coming in they're just like hey Hmm.
4: we're squatting here i mean i i know my cat that i've had for the last four years Came to the theater and yowled at me. <laughs> Ad- adopted me from from, from outside. And, you know, the universe totally. always sends a cat. There's they always I do. <laughs> um, no, no animals that I know of, but um, I mean, definitely, you know, there have been more vivid apparitions of people who have bumped into into a person in oh the in the hallway and turned around and no one was there. Wow. Um, you know, I, I got to say I'm a little jealous because my technical director, um, Kathy. Uh, has only worked she's coming up on her first year mm. and um she said she has said that she's already you know heard sounds heard footsteps had wow. the feeling that people she was being watched and would just not like it mm-hmm. hmm. um you know we've had wardrobe people who were working late you know b- building costumes uh and um heard loud three claps in the next room and of course it was only the two of them in the building and they were like, "All right, we're done."
1: <laughs> <laughs> yep, that has oh, happened. Design, yeah.
4: yeah. Um, um, what are some other ones? I mean, you know, I mean, basically, I, I mean, when, we, we just did a show called "The Brothers Paranormal," which is a play about uh, a. Pair of brothers who are paranormal investigators.
1: And that was such a good show. I came here to see it. Thank it you. was so amazing, <laughs> and it like it I it, it touched my heart because I'm like, oh, one of the well, both of the 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 actors who portrayed a couple, they're from New Orleans yeah. in the show, and I'm like, I'm Aww. from New Orleans, <laughs> and it's about ghosts. So yeah, it was a great show. But Thank apparently, you. some things happened. <laughs> well,
4: I mean, really, it was more like um, in preparation for this. I mean, I saw the opportunity of you know what, I'm I'm gonna go through and I'm gonna. Start really cataloging, cataloging, you know, some of these stories because I hadn't really formally put them down on paper or, or on, on, you know, in a spreadsheet because I'm a, you know, I'm a production manager. So. But yeah, so I mean, I, there, was a, there was a Facebook post that I did a few years back where I just took a photo of that hallway and I just put out to the Facebook world, you know, hey, uh, those first couple of years, this hallway always gave me a weird feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, share with me your your story, and like it was post, just a flood. it was a flood wow. it was like it, instantly like fifty some odd posts from you know and there were people who I know, and then they tagged other people who I didn't know and suddenly I got stories about like um a number of people talking about how if you find change in the theater, it will always be eleven cents one one dime one penny uh-huh. uh which I'm like, okay, that's mm-hmm. weird I, and I had to think back I' like okay, I don't know, I don't know if I've had that one um <clears throat> Um, there were other, uh, other what are some of the other ones? A
5: lot
3: of uh, uh, the whisper your
4: name. Yeah, whisper your name, mm-hmm. uh, hearing voices, whispering of names. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I basically kind of cataloged it of okay, so these are the kind of things that we experience on the fourth floor. These are all yeah. the various things. One of the, one of the best stories actually is from an actor named uh, Kennedy Cabaceres. And I guess uh, they were after a show. And he's sitting at one of the dressing room stations there, and he uh, he hears someone call his or whisper his name right right mm. right in his ear, and he hears like Kennedy, Kennedy, and he like looks up and he like calls over to the other actor. He's like Ken, are you messing with me? And it's like no, I didn't say anything. He's like, so then he just you know looks back and is like concentrating on his you know makeup station, and he hears it again, and when he looks up, his earring drops in front of his face oh no um didn't alden have one another like a floating pencil or something like that oh my gosh do you remember that (laughs) tanya's like (laughs) that is cool a floating (laughs) pencil oh yeah then yeah then then marilyn takuda uh (laughs) um, Um, uh-huh marilyn takuda used to be the education outreach um um manager here and uh she has a great well she has a number of stories she has a story of walking down the hall walking down the stairs passes by that same hallway and she just kind of thought she heard a voice or something so she stopped and looked down you know down the hallway and she's like hello and she heard like a small like 10 year old child's <laughs> voice and she, she heard hi and she's like is there someone there yeah and and she was like okay
1: i'm gonna Closing,
4: closing. <laughs> uh, uh, she also had another uh, instance where she was working at her desk that was at the top of the stairwell. And um, she looked away through her computer and apparently she had a, I think she had a mug that um, f- kind of flew off her desk for about a yard. Um, and then Tim Dang, who was our artistic director at that time, was like... Mayor, why did you do that? It's like I didn't do that. <laughs> I was looking over here at the computer. It just flew up this, and you know, Tim so, was always a skeptic. A
1: and lot of people here have had like different types of experiences, and it's a lot of it's intelligent and even full body. Yeah. Um, I'm ready to go towards you, Mark. <laughs> I want to know your experiences as well, and then we're gonna hit Tanya and what she collected.
5: Am I, I I'm mean, sit I here? Really
6: don't
5: have as many experiences? I mean, gosh. One of them was, une- I, I did not understand why it happened, and the other one could have been just a trick of the light. But uh, for uh, our last musical here, which, oh no, not the last, uh, uh, back in January, we did a production of Assassins, and uh, we did uh, a, song, a song which featured a lot of banjo, and at the end of the song, uh, the banjo player placed his banjo back on the guitar rack, and Then we you know we were sitting there, it was already a scene, so it was all quiet, but then one of the strings just plucked on its own, mm. and I'm going, I looked up at the guitar player, I'm all thinking, "What are you doing? It's a scene you know, <laughs> but he's sitting there, you know, like just sitting back, relaxed, and then we both looked at the guitar, I mean, at the banjo, and you know there was nothing on it that could have made that noise. We were just kind of, what is going on? How did that play? you know there, that was unexplainable, um also another instance when we were having one of our board game nights I just know like sometimes I'll look out into the balcony because I'm just I just kind of am wondering if anything is going to appear <laughs> um but from the corner of my eye I I pretty sh- I'm pretty sure I saw like a sh- a quick shadow figure just move mm. um
4: there's and- a lot of that there's a lot of like, shadow people sh- you know just yeah. like, a shadow that just kind of disperses just in the corner of the eye or, you know.
5: Right. And I was pretty sure I saw it, but but I don't, I, it could have been a, a, a trick of the light, but...
4: Did, did you hear about Randy's story? Randy Kiyaya? Oh, oh,
5: yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're better at telling the story. Well, there
4: another pit story, and he was a, a pit piano player playing on a keyboard, and in the middle of a show, the synthesizer just started cycling through... Mm through voices. So he had he lost control. He's like playing and like suddenly it's violin, suddenly it's piano, suddenly it's the cello. And he's like I'm not doing anything. I don't know why it's cycling. Uh-huh. And uh you know and uh and he's like he looks at the music director who was Scott Nagatani and he's like theater ghost. Just-
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: We're trying to work. We're trying to work.
4: <laughs> Keep
0: going.
1: We a Water bottles. For us. <laughs> all right i'm gonna so pass time. the mic over to tanya we've had her on our show we've had her on several investigations and i wanted her to come in and do a walkthrough keep in mind that we do not tell tanya anything about the history right, right, like the- yeah. <laughs> or anything she comes in completely blind of the place but you picked up on so many things that definitely had a correlation so tanya what did you pick up
3: So I had my tour guide and I, who's very good because he didn't tell me anything. Like I'm talking and he's like, "Mm." (laughs) and I'm like, "Mm." Um, okay. So I definitely picked up on the energy with the, where the dressing rooms are. And I, I even turned around and asked him, I was like, something going on in here? Like, does somebody scare somebody in here? Does something happen in here? But since we got here and we started walking, I told, um, I was telling him that I kept hearing over and over, "This isn't what it used to be." Mm. So then I kept getting a real church feel. That's mm. why I was like, "This was a church, right?" And I, I asked him once, and he was like, uh, "Do you want me to tell you?" I was like, "No, don't tell me. We'll just keep <laughs> walking. We'll just keep walking. Forget it." Um, and then I believe it's the place that is now the office, the where we were at the offices. Okay.
0: Um,
3: the, mean, the fourth,
0: the fourth floor. Yeah, yeah so the river,
3: the there floor. was like in the green, There was like a presence that felt. Um, it was weird it almost felt like levels because when i started at the fourth floor it was very masculine the energy Mm -hmm. it was very like almost protective of the situation um and then as i started to come down more it got lighter Mm -hmm. like i felt it lighter um but definitely the, the the i guess the staircase that we took to get there there, I definitely felt the presence of a man. I was telling him this is a masculine energy There's a and who doesn't like change. So it could be the caretaker. It could be the person who was here a long time. Because the building, I, I agree with what you say. Buildings definitely carry a lot mm-hmm. of emotion. That's why if you leave houses abandoned, they fall apart. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows why. They just fall apart. They're missing the human, the emotion of it, right? Mm-hmm. But the building definitely... Um, has a lot of history and every time i like close my eyes the way i see things it changes so it's a church and then i was gonna ask you which i forgot to ask you if it was ever a hospital or something to do with like because i see people this has to be in the 30s and 40s now that you gave me the timeline they show me their shoes that's the only way i'm able to get timelines and i love shoes but sometimes i'm not that great at the timeline of (laughs) shoes but they'll show me that so i know it's not now right But I definitely see people um, like in some kind of hospital setting or administering something. And then the person, the gentleman who was trying to come through and talk to me, who was telling me that he was like, had something to do with the founding of this or the the building of this, who was telling me he was an actor, who was telling me about a lot of the injustices. That's the Mm -hmm. word I wanted to use. The injustices that happened to the community as a Mm -hmm. whole because of the things he was showing me. And then I asked you if the person on here was was asian Mm -hmm. or and you told me was japanese because i want to tell you something the person who i saw looked kind of like this Mm -hmm. in the in this part that's why i was like oh is he not because i definitely see a couple here i i don't know if they were husband and wife Mm -hmm. (laughs) but there's definitely a couple here when we walked up to the back to i want to i was gonna say where the organ played i don't know why um I was drawn to this side. Like, I came to this side, and I was like, oh, okay, well, this guy, there's a ghost here, mm-hmm. right? And when we went into the front, when I saw the actual windows, I was like, it is a church. You know, I told him, <laughs> it is a church. What are you doing? But it felt, we, in that front where the two windows are, mm-hmm. there was, like, an energy in the middle of it. And I told him, I don't know why I see a turnstile, turn like, where a lot of people come in and out, in and out. But it's not now. Mm. It was like a lot of people in and out, in and out, like a lot of energy. I even asked him, do they turn off lights here? Do you guys just see shadows? I told him, is all you're seeing is a shadow? Because I feel like there's definitely one, and I don't know why, mm-hmm. but when it was abandoned, I don't know if there was times that people might have like been very hurt in here or maybe even the city got called because maybe somebody expired in here, mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. Because I see the timeline is so weird. So it goes from looking like the picture you showed me mm-hmm. to then almost looking like a hospital. Mm. Then it goes, it's bad, like it's falling apart within itself. Mm-hmm. And then that's when they're like, oh, there was people you know, loitering, living in here, doing things in here. And then it switches again, like it's constantly, it's kind of like a con. And then they show, I don't know, they show me on this side of the building, which is now a parking lot. Mm -hmm. They show me like a yard or like if there was apartments that had little yards or little gardens or little something, but it's on this side. Mm -hmm. Because when you said this, this wasn't the parking lot Mm -hmm. anymore, right? Um, I saw like... It's going to sound crazy, but, you know, Mm. it kind of looks like the projects Mm -hmm. in New York. Sure. But they had a little bit of a yard, Mm. you know, and it was a lot of people living together. Mm. Like, they came stressing to me that there was, like, a lot of people living together. Like, it was not, I mean, I'm Mexican, okay? (laughs) So, but, uh, you know. um, Tu sabes. Yeah, I know. (laughs) But I'm, like, a weird Mexican. (laughs) I only have two brothers and sisters. That's it. But it's, like. They keep showing me things so I can relate, but a Mm. lot of people living together and just a lot of... um, And then there was a military reference that I couldn't sort out, you know, but I almost feel like... The energy in the front where you walk into... You know, you have it gated, I think. Mm -hmm. I didn't even notice. It's gated, right? (laughs) You can't come in. All of that in the front, you guys should... If you ever want to give a haunted tour again, you should have them sit out there for a little bit when it's very dark. Mm. Because there's a lot of energy pooling mm. in the front. Mm. Because I feel like there's a lot of people walking around here. Wow. Mm. You know? Yeah. I, I think,
1: know. think we should do something outside before we close the investigation tonight. <laughs> of course you going to. I'm going to tell you something that I found. Was Mr. Takahashi's first name Yoshisumi George Takahashi?
4: I, I actually don't know. I, I only
1: know. Okay, you keep on seeing a couple. Yeah. This is what I found in my research. Uh, the Takahashi family was um, the patriarch was Yoshi Shumi George Takahashi, who passed away in 1959. Mm-hmm. He was the first who to emigrate to the U.S. in 1907. He was married to his wife, um, Yeiko and or Ye, who passes in 2017. They do have two sons who end up enlisting into the military. They actually had seven children together. He and his family are incarcerated into Postum incarceration camp in Parker, Arizona during World War II before being released. And they continue to move and live in Los Angeles. So I don't know if during that time he was working possibly with his wife here. But that's the only Takahashi... uh, uh information i could find in terms of uh that family living by that name here in Los Angeles. And it's funny because when i pulled this information up i'm getting pictures of the theater. So could that be a possibility that it wasn't just Mr. Takahashi could it also be him and Ye that you're also seeing?
3: I mean definitely there's a couple.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: So i don't know that she's she's little um, the other thing is that um, what happens with me too is sometimes I pick up on other people's things, like I, like I did with, and then there's a female, with him, um, and they're both Asian. It's just like right. <laughs> so, um, but the couple that's here is definitely older, because that gentleman, the one who was the caretaker, he was older when he passed. He wasn't like he was; he had been here a long time, mm. but he seems very. I want to say grumpy. <laughs> he wants to say set in his ways. And and his wife seems like more low-key, if that's his wife, like very low-key, you know?
4: So uh, I'll share with you this, that um, kind of leading up to the show, we actually invited another um, investigation team to um, did an investigation here as well. Um, and uh, I got to say, it was a really fascinating... Situation, he, like you, did not do any kind of research into the building, so he came in cold. Um, the, the other two guys set up a lot of cameras. We had like eight mm. cameras set up that were broadcasting through Twitch um, so that other people could observe the cameras and all that. Um, and uh, when we were ready to bring him into the building, I went downstairs. And even before I could say hello to him, he said to me, um, I'm already in contact the caretaker the caretaker the gardener well okay the gardener but you think of him as the caretaker he's here uh and he just he wants you to know he's not happy about like the weeds that are growing up in the cracks and he really would like to see some flowers (laughs) or something blooming he misses seeing things blooming uh on the grounds And, and and we actually ended up before opening that last show um, we 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 bought four new planters and, and yeah, so that, yeah
3: because saw that. Because, I, because I was because I maybe that's a reference to where he was like oh the garden the yard mm-hmm. the the but I don't think it's like there's 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 a lot of people who think that those kind of things are like not good to have around or the spirits <laughs> are not good to have around he doesn't want to do anything he's not doing yeah. anything malicious. Mm-hmm. That's this, what
4: he said, too. He said, like, he just observes. He just watches. He's just watching. He's, and then when
3: things are not the way he's used home. to it yeah. is when he's like, hey, I don't yeah. like it. But mm-hmm. I think that it's more of the history of the building, his history here. Mm-hmm. I get the feeling that he spent more time here than at home, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is home.
5: Mm-hmm. So
3: he went back to where he feels like home.
5: <laughs> is Are you talking about the grumpy, the grumpy um, uh, spirit? Or or these two different people? There's like two you? different people here, okay. too, because
3: I asked him if there was somebody who had to do something with your production company who passed right. away,
5: mm-hmm.
3: and this person also presented, like, a masculine energy and kind of moody. I don't know if it's... <laughs> <laughs> so funny.
5: I mean, I, mean I, I, I... I have a guess, I have, I have a guess, <laughs> as well. Who but, is
1: it? Who Who is it? Who could it be?
5: Oh, I, I mean, I it feels like Mako. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Neither of us have met Mako, yeah, but we've heard stories of Mako. We
5: just know of Mako being... You know, very set in his ways, yeah. you know, and, and he commands respect, you know. So, I mean, so
4: Maka was the first artistic director of East West Players. Now, he never worked in this building, though, right? No. Yeah, he, uh, I mean, he, you know, he I mean, he lived until, I mean, he was a voice actor on Avatar The Last Airminder. Oh, wow. Uh, he, was, he was the voice of, of Uncle Iroh, mm-hmm. um, if you know that reference. Yeah. But, uh, so, you know, a very storied actor, you know, one of the first Asian Americans to be nominated for a Tony mm-hmm. and... Uh, for an Oscar, too, an Oscar right? Is he the one who
3: was getting upset because I didn't know who he was or what? Oh, I uh,
4: mean, I, that that uh, was well, our guess. Yeah,
5: yeah. <laughs> I don't know, yeah. you know. But, but
3: because when I tried to say he was like in my mind, mm-hmm. like the conversations go in my mind, obviously, right? Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, he's an actor, and then he was like, no. like I have this and this and this like you're so dumb like I did this and this and this and then that's funny that you said that he did a voice um like acting because Mm -hmm. I thought I heard him sing
6: Oh, okay.
5: Well, yeah, I mean... Yeah. I thought I heard I mean, yeah, he, I mean, he, he was on he Broadway. Was in, yeah. Like, in classically, not singing in the
3: shower. And then he was very specific, because when he sung, I was like, oh, he sings. And then he was mm-hmm. like, no, I like award-winning sing. Like, <laughs> I do this. Sounds <laughs> like an I... actor. Nine- <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah. okay.
5: Yeah. I mean, when you said actor, you know, and that kind of personality, mm. that's, that's who we thought. And he also had mentioned earlier that, you know, you, you were saying that a founder... Yeah. You know, yeah and he was he was the found, the found yeah. of that yeah he was the founding team that that found east West.
3: Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. oh you're very good you played it very close to the chest when i was telling you all these things good job <laughs> <laughs> well you know i, I mean no is, i like this... it that way and i and i and i like that he went with me because i forget because mm-hmm. they come at me very quickly and um mm-hmm. and then to add to that we all have our own spiritualities attracted try to come through Mm -hmm. and so then it gets like very complicated
5: right i mean this is my interpretation i i'm I'm not sure but maybe yeah that could that that well he's
3: definitely an actor (laughs) and not an and like he wants to say he's like an artist Mm,
0: like
3: you mentioned this too
1: bryce how like of course los angeles ghosts are going to be the type of ghosts they're going to remind you what kind of actor they are yeah or actor, they are. <laughs> Come on, like a <laughs>
5: there's
1: no, yeah.
6: There's no ceiling. Well,
3: he no has threshold. awards because he's showing me a mantle, but you'll never and he be has awards, and he <laughs> yeah. has things that are awards that are put like in gold, like it's gold colored. So mm. these are awards that he mm. received for doing different things. Because sure. he's showing me that he has, like, I'm not, like, I'm not the guy on the McDonald's commercial. Like, this is like some serious acting going on yeah. here. Like, this is not. He's mm-hmm. showing me a mantle. So. Well, good on you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I want to pan
1: the mic real quickly to Matt because I don't want to lose too much time on our investigation. Um, Matt <laughs> had um, came in at the last minute. I needed someone to help me do a walkthrough. Matt, you are an established paranormal investigator, and thank you so much for coming in at the last minute to help me do a walkthrough. You're welcome. You picked up on so many things that I kept on seeing your eyes like widen every time Andy would mention something. You're like, yes, I
6: felt
7: that there.
1: Yes. I felt that there. (laughs) You really didn't have any knowing about a lot of the entities or locations that are very active here. You came in kind of cold yourself, but what did you pick up upon your walkthrough and your readings?
7: Well, yeah. I mean, like you said, I, I'm glad I didn't come in knowing any of the history or, or especially the paranormal history. Um, And when you come in, you set your equipment down and it's like, you know, usually do a walkthrough with, you know, the owner or somebody who works there, or you know, a teammate and just going by yourself, at least by myself, really open myself up. Right. Mm -hmm. So like I said earlier in this podcast, going up to these stairs over to our right, um, uh, towards the green rooms, I had no idea that was the green rooms. I just saw a staircase and I was drawn there. Um, and, and, like I said earlier, I just oddly walked past the third, uh, third floor hallway that apparently is extremely active, went to the fourth. And it's funny because when Tanya said that she felt this masculine energy, I could not agree more. You, you walk on it, you, I walked in and it was like, something was telling me like respect this room, like show That's respect, you know, That's the same
3: thing I've got.
7: Yeah, Yeah. very like respected. I didn't, I like put my hands in my pockets. I didn't touch anything, <laughs> even though there's like water bottles on the table. Then I walked to the very corner and I saw this door that said like, do not enter. And I'm like, and sometimes I'm like, ooh, let's enter. I was like, nope, I'm not going to. just going to turn <laughs> back around. And like you said, the staircase. And then I got to the third floor and completely different energy. Right,
3: it shifts really it shifts fast.
7: shifts so fast. It was like just walking like from from, you know, one country to another just like like that like jumper like the movie jumper Mm -hmm. like that's what it felt like Hayden Christensen shout out uh Lisa love that movie um but yeah
1: (laughs) this is why I'm so glad you came in late because Tanya did her walkthrough and then you came in later and did yours and that's so amazing how you both had correlations with certain areas it's astonishing. Yeah, yeah. Can I just
4: mention one other thing. actually now that I'm thinking about it. Up on that fourth floor, there are a number of photos of Mako um, <gasps> up, like on those shelves mm-hmm. up above, um, and there are a number of his kind of like various cine hon- honors and stuff along the wall oh, wow. like in that stairwell headed up to the fourth floor. Actually. You want to know
3: that when I walk up, you wow. can ask him, I look at the floor and I don't mm. look around because um, I don't, I don't want to see it. Sure. A, I want to tell you something. I'm a chicken. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have to be scared by a ghost. Mm-hmm. I don't like to be startled. It's a very, it's a conundrum, right? Sure. So <laughs> I'm very, like, I will look at the floor. I will look at my own self. <laughs> I will, I don't want to see any, because yeah, right. <laughs> sometimes they present themselves to you and they're fine, right? And they look like you and they look like me. And sometimes they present themselves to me and they don't look like that. Mm-hmm. And that's an image that is very hard for me to take out of my head. Sure. And it's not like they look like, Culture, it's yeah. not like that either but it's just <laughs> something that is like Darn. i mean i have insomnia already and and then when the vibration goes higher i talk faster so mm-hmm. when i'm talking i go but i didn't see but i'd like to see yeah now that i'm not scared yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well real quickly um we're gonna do a quick walkthrough with andy i like to see the theater with bryce yeah. and then we're gonna mark the key areas where to do our evp sessions and close it uh our i guess close our investigation outside since i mean tanya was picking up on a lot of activity too yeah. um andy is it possible that uh maybe in certain areas we can have the lights off Yeah. Bryce, oh. how do you feel
6: Never. it's I always have my flashlight that <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: you I'm wanted to you, just, you wanted to share just...
7: something uh no it was just more about where, to, where they see the full body apparitions because I'm going to set a camera up and we're just going to roll the whole time we're here Perfect. and hopefully capture something. But I did want to add something. Um, it was weird that you said up there and those two seats is where people, because when I walked up there when you guys were all talking on here, I turned to the right and I just envisioned myself sitting there and then, like enjoying a show like if i were to pick a seat watching a show it would be up there cuz that's just the most like, it's comfortable it's weird up there right chill. because
3: when i walked up there i'm like where's the organ player and then i started looking i'm like oh there's a ghost here okay but it was very <laughs> nonchalant i was so, like oh there's a ghost here okay
4: so about that so that, so you so you're you're sensing that that presence that's attached to music or? well it
3: was um i don't i'm not sure it was two things when i walked up there i was like wh- in my mind mm-hmm. i was like oh the organ's going to be here or where's mm-hmm. the organ Player or and then, Did you
4: get a masculine or fem, feminine attachment to either that? Or
3: I would have to go back up. It was mm-hmm. so, it was very matter of fact, like, mm-hmm. where's the organ player? And then, oh, there's a ghost here. And then I kept walking. Yeah, I was very like, <laughs> <lovely. Yeah>, you <laughs> mentioned
5: like feeling more feminine energy as we walked
3: that way. I told him there's way. like a feminine energy uh-huh. here. There's a Which... feminine energy here. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: yeah. That's what I heard in one of the stories, the issue too. Is,
3: I don't know, you could cut this out if you're uncomfortable. The issue is that. Um, I picked up on a feminine energy with him, who he knows who it is, and that feminine energy is almost of the same age of yeah. the one that I pick up here. Mm. Does that? Mm. And it, they're both little, and they're both um, you, like kind of dainty. I want to say, mm. but it's hard because you know, as we all get older, we get smaller. smaller yeah, smaller. So, But when I went up there, it was very, very matter-of-fact, like, oh, the organ. And then, oh, there's a ghost here. And then I just turned around and I was like, okay, <laughs> let's do just... <Yeah. laughs> It was very, like, because it wasn't alarming to me. It mm-hmm. was the one upstairs was very, like, why are you here? Mm-hmm. But the one over here, so it was true. more like, oh, you're here, I'm here. Okay.
4: <laughs> so, so, I mean, I'm just going to share with you what that last investigation was. Um, experience and see if it rattles anything amongst you. So he said that he got a lot of kind of momentary, kind of what he referred to as like momentary impressions. Hmm. So like certain spaces were charged with an event. Like up in that far corner, uh, he, what he was describing was very close to what sounded like the Northridge quake, with like dust clouds and people not being able to breathe and maybe people trying trying to escape. Um, um, which was different than, you know, that corner where he did sense kind a of... Chill. The chill. The really chill, chill. Right. you know, really? the watcher, yeah. Oh, wow. That's um, weird. He also said, you know, he, there were different impressions. Like, he did also see a, a, a hospital, uh, like, lines of cots. Mm. That's um, what I saw. It
3: was like a bunch of cots.
4: Yeah. Uh, he got that... He should call me. He, he He got that, <laughs> in particular, um, at the entrance on the first floor... Um, where the gallery is now, mm. um, and he really wanted to go in to kind of explore that to kind of get what that was.
3: Where we couldn't
4: go yes. Where we couldn't go yeah. yeah. Um, um, but uh, in terms of presences, right that weren't just you know activated impressions or like moments, um, he he sensed four very distinct like presences. Mm. One was the was the the caretaker, Mr. Takahashi, you know watch watch watcher guy uh, he referred to. Uh, he saw a playful um, child. It was a child. We referred it to child, but he just he was more careful oh, about yeah. just being playful, okay. uh, and so that there was a playful presence in the dressing rooms. Mm-hmm. And he started trying to see if he could just rattle them just by playing peekaboo, mm-hmm. and and um, so he was just going peekaboo through the th- through the the costumes. And then he stumbled across a second presence up in that dressing room that was just really not happy at all, mm-hmm. to the, the point peek-a-boo that annoyed them. well, yeah, well, I mean, right? I mean, we have we have we have a video of him as he's going through, you know, trying to play you know, play with that other other presence, and he's going peekaboo, peekaboo, and then he goes to go peekaboo again, and he just goes ah, <laughs> <laughs> and he like talks that to visceral. the yeah, it was that visceral wow. where he like. Uh, recoiled, uh, and he turned to the other guy who was sitting at the table with the with the 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 the, the box the spirit box. The spirit yeah. box. Um, and he's like, "Don't move." <laughs> uh, and and in the video, it could be a dust particle, but there looked like an orb that moved in a weird way. But uh, and then that fourth presence that he identified, which was he's like he actually would, wanted to come back with you know another medium who was female because. He sent a distinctly female presence who was very musical, right. possibly in a white dress, maybe 20s haircut, um, um, and, and, and like wasn't sure if she was a piano player or an organ player or something, but he was trying oh, to wow. kind of... Unpuzzle that one. Oh. Mm-hmm.
3: Wow, that's so interesting yeah. that we both picked up on things that are so that very uh, interesting. I mean,
4: there was
5: one thing that that I felt might have correlated with with
2: I'm not what then yeah. <laughs> uh,
5: with what you were mentioning <laughs> earlier about about your neck. Um, I mean, uh, the the medium that came mm-hmm. before did mention that he felt that someone did take their own life
3: mm-hmm. here
5: mm-hmm. Uh, in that
4: manner. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's awesome.
3: so funny because um, I mean it's not funny if that happens. I want to take.
4: Wait, that back. Is, is that up in the dressing room also? Or? Like, well, that's it, that's it's, oh. it's
3: up. Because hmm. when we were walking, I kept looking up, and I was—I kept so did expecting
7: I. So did
3: that I. I kept expecting to see something. Not yes. you picked that up. Not a too real up, thing, up, but I kept, like, I kept up, looking up.
7: I mean, why am I looking up? And I mean, even when we came up, in here, I
3: mean, I do when that. we came in here, I kept looking up.
7: Interesting.
3: And before mm-hmm. I got here, that's why I like to mention the things that happened to me before. Because sometimes, I mean, everybody's a skeptic, right? Mm. I'm a skeptic too. Mm. <laughs> if I get a psychic and they tell me something, I'm like, no, tell me more. <laughs> sure. I'm mm-hmm. the I'm the worst, right? So. When I was getting ready to come, I was taking a shower and I was like, oh, my God, my neck really hurt. But it's the base of my neck. Mm. And I was like, that is so. And I even thought, am I getting a cold? Is the...? And I was like, oh. Right. So then I was in the car and I was talking to somebody and I was, they were like, oh, whatever. I mentioned where I was going. And I was like, my neck really hurts. Like if, like, I don't know what I did. Then when we came in and we walked through, like, I'm okay now. Hmm. but it was so bad. Like it was the base of my neck just hurt so bad. Hmm. It was really weird. That's why I had asked if, if you knew if anybody had also like, um, uh, expired here.
4: So I also say, uh, another just friend an actress who, uh, you know, I know, um, and, and, and said she has some, some, some site, um, you know, I'm not sure what level of developed it, it is. Um, but uh she, she came by one day to this is dawn um mm-hmm. she came by one day to see if she could pick up anything and she went into one of the bathrooms and immediately saw an image of like s- what she thought was like someone who looked like a homeless guy with a ton of needles oh. uh in, oh, in him dear. um and then he, she went to the other one and thought she saw someone hanging um Um,
3: So you're telling me, don't use the restroom. (laughs) (laughs) I'm wondering
1: if we we can find a documented death, like, in in archives, yeah.
4: I mean, yeah, maybe if you dig through. we could dig deeper,
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean,
5: mean, someone said... There you go. There you go. Didn't you mention that that you thought that there was, like, uh, people that came here to remove a dead body, the city? Yeah, I thought
3: that there was somebody who, like, got removed by the city. Like, somebody... I don't really know how it works, but yeah. the way that they show me is like, that person was here a while,
4: mm, Sure. Mm. and
3: then they got picked up and removed.
4: I, I mean, you know, even just, you know, we're this close to Skid Row, mm-hmm. and I know that happens way more often than it really should.
3: But then I um, see children here, too. Or that we're too. aware
4: of, yeah. right?
3: Mm-hmm. Then I see, yeah. like, kids here, too. Yeah. Because it's weird. The building has done had so many lives right Mm -hmm. so it's like oh it's this it's a hospital sometimes people had to stay here for something else like maybe in in, while finding housing there's people here then there's like so many things like i don't was there a kitchen here before
4: i believe there was
3: yeah because i see somebody cooking
4: some kind Mm. of community kitchen because i mean they did a lot of of their their Mm -hmm. hosted their kind of community events Events here here and The basement underneath us, where Visual Communications was, was like kind of a major event center. Like I said, it was it was a gym. They had like you know half court basketball down there. I heard that. Oh
1: really? You heard that? Yeah. I'm just gonna say that we that and I heard something back there, and both Matt and I turned at the same time. Yeah.
4: Is there, was that? That was a door. I heard the door hardware.
1: Yeah, you heard that right. Mm -hmm. Oh, all right, guys, we're going to go into the investigation right now. Christ, you're going to be so, happy. <laughs> <laughs> so stay tuned for part two of our investigation. So real quickly, I went back and listened to the audio and I time stamped it and cut it so I could play it back for you. But we actually captured the noise of the door bar kind of jiggling. And here it is.
4: Community events, events here, here and uh, the uh, the bin, uh, the.
1: So Andy actually goes and investigates what was the cause of that noise at that door. And this was actually a video that I captured after the interview, and here is the audio for it. He returns and tells us that he couldn't find an explanation for it, so here is what he concluded. It was something coming from the front. Andy, what was that? I don't know.
4: It it sounded like the, the- The door, right? Yeah, it sounded like
1: the crash door hardware, but the uh, the wood blocks are in place, so they,
3: they wouldn't be able to uh, crash. Hmm. That's so weird. Makes it even
1: weirder. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're ready for us. I think we probably box, like, talked about them a lot to the point where they're pretty much here. They've been probably sitting up there on the second level.
4: It sounded like the crash door hardware, but the wood blocks are in place. I I, I didn't
5: hear you, it. You didn't.
1: I don't, Matt and I heard does it, it. Make, We just bad and bad. we looked at each other. So many, yeah.
3: yeah. Like here you've heard so many things. Does it make you less skeptical?
1: Well,
4: so th- it was the interaction with Darren that really kind of mm. changed some things. Well, I mean, you know, again, I, I've been collecting all the stories. Yeah. I don't disbelieve anything, particularly when I see how many are consistent. Mm. Right. Um, and I have plenty of things that I can easily read.
1: All right, guys, well, you're going to have to tune in to part two of our investigation. Yes, the second part will be our investigation through the hot spots of the East West Players Theater in downtown Los Angeles is going to be a good one. What did we capture on the phasma box? What did we feel? What did we see or sense? It's a lot. And trust me, that door was just a warm up. Also, please let us know if you heard any EVPs during that interview because we heard a few. We'll be posting them on part two, but let us know via Gmail. You can email us at hollyweirdparanormal at gmail.com or DM us on our Instagram at hollyweirdparanormal. Paranormal. All right, guys, we have a couple of thank yous that we want to definitely deliver. A huge thank you to Andy and Mark of the East West Players Theater. Thank you for taking the time out to sit down with us to share this beautiful history of little tokyo the building and of course east west players and a huge thank you to tanya mercado our medium thank you for taking the time out to do this walkthrough guys go and follow her on instagram and on tiktok at ashe imports and follow her podcast that she co-hosts with comedian martin moreno Brujo 101. You can find it on Apple Podcasts. I love it. She does a lot of great work with Martine and they do a lot of wonderful interviews. And of course, another huge thank you to our friend Matt Lytle. Please follow him on his Instagram and TikTok at Matt Lytle. You can also follow his podcast, The Spirit Hunters, that he co-hosts with his friend and paranormal investigator, Chris Califf. All right, guys, you know the drill. If you want to stalk us a little more on social media, you can do that by following us on at Holly Weird Paranormal on Instagram, TikTok, and of course Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter at HWP Podcast. You could drop us a line on our Gmail at Hollyweird Paranormal at gmail.com. Send us your ghost stories. We are gearing up for another listener's tales episode. We just need more stories. And if you want to be a little extra, you want to donate to the podcast, then please feel free to do so by heading on over to patreon.com forward slash Weird paranormal. And that is the reason why we were able to go to the east west players theater was because of your donations thank you guys for paying for our gas our coffee thank you so much. That's where it goes to. And we definitely want to say thank you to all of our listeners and our supporters without you, we wouldn't be here. We honestly wouldn't be doing this podcast. So you guys are amazing and we jet the hell out of you. But if you want to make a donation of $1 or more per month, or for a couple months, you can do that. You can cancel any time. Plus you'll be gifted in coaster stickers, magnets and keychains. Um, we also have Sabrina who is our newbie and don't worry, Sabrina, will be sending you your package very soon. We've been delayed with weather, but don't worry. We have you on our mind. Your package is on your way, of course. If you have a little more time, please feel free to drop us a review. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. It really does go a long way, and it helps us indie podcasters out just a tiny bit. And of course, finally, guys, if you are in and around the Los Angeles area between March the 31st through April the 1st. We would love to meet you. We will be heading a panel with our friends, Dr. Scott and Dr. Shiloh of Ellie Not So Confidential Podcast for the first annual Parapod Festival. This is going to be an amazing festival. It's going to be held in Santa Clarita at the Hyatt Regency in Valencia. And this is a two-day event. If you need more information, you can head on over to their Instagram at ParapodFest or you can head on over to their website 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 which is parapodfestival.com. there. You can learn more about the workshops, the panels, the speakers, and of course the TV personalities that will be present. Our friend Patty Negri will definitely be there. Um, did I mention that stargazing and a ghost hunt at Mentryville, a ghost town an abandoned ghost town is included and it will be led by Ben Hansen. If you don't know who he is, he's been on a bunch of paranormal and UFO shows. He's really, really cool. And, um, I believe he was on the show Fact or Faked, The Paranormal File. So yeah, that is what's also included. So please head on over to parapodfestival.com to find out more information. And we hope to see you guys there. All right, guys, partying is such sweet sorrow, but my dog is really hungry and she's like bothering me. Like she's literally pulling on my hoodie right now to feed her. But please stay tuned for part two of our investigation and always remember to take care of yourselves, take care of each other. But most of all, friends, stay Holly weird till next time. Bye, guys.